Bradley Baker, D Bradley Baker, D Bradley Baker, D Bradley Baker. I also just gotta make a whole episode with him one of these days. They have to. <laughs> with it, with just him. Yeah. Just him playing off the character. Good. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of another Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Melissa. And I'm Matt, her older, handsome brother. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, welcome back. Um, it's George Lucas's birthday today, Matt. Did you know that? Oh, is it really? I didn't know that. Wow, that's great. Uh, how old is he? 900 years old. How old is George Lucas? Has he aged at all since uh, the beginning? Like He's looked the same age my entire life. <laughs> Literally, he has. I remember being a kid and looking at documentaries of George Lucas, and he would be sitting there going, and he looks the same now. You you literally just did an impression of like Boss Nass. That's Whoa. him. <laughs> you son no go to the George Lucas birthday party. <laughs> My God. Yeah. Um. He's uh. He's nine hundred and seven today. No. He's uh. He's seventy seven years old. I think. Uh, he doesn't look it. He looks like he's in decent shape for being out of shape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but George Lucas is 77 today. Thank you for Star Wars. Um, so that's that's a that's a good way to start off the Star Wars episode. Yeah. But we're actually here today to continue our series Bad Batch Breakdown. So if you're just joining us for the first time, Bad Batch is the newest show from Lucasfilm Animation, and it's basically Clone Wars season eight. This is our third episode. We're going to be reviewing the third episode today. I'm going to let Matt kick us off. Matt, what did you think of this episode? I thought it was great. Uh, I liked it better than the last one. Uh, the first episode I still think is the best. I don't know how you beat that so far. But by the way, spoilers coming. If you haven't watched the episode, go watch the episode first before listening to this, you numbskull. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be talking about it. We're going to be spoiling it. So I'll get back and I'll get right into spoiling it. The dark elements of this were really cool. The world building. I know you texted me yeah. right after you watched it and you're like, the world building is fantastic. I, th- I totally agree. I think that's completely right. You really get um, a sense of how things are transitioning now from the old Republic now to this empire. And we're really starting to get a better grip of what that looks like. And like looking at like, you're able to see Camino and stuff and like these mm-hmm. rebels, like where it actually starts from with Saw Gerrera. Um, and just hunk. Gorgeous, gorgeous hunk. So we don't get to see him in this episode, but hopefully he'll uh, make a return. His friends all get murdered, which is cool. Uh, <laughs> but I thought it was cool. I thought um, there was a lot of uh, uh, interesting elements to it. Uh, it's it just the the development of the world was great. You have Tarkin. You have his little sidekick. Uh, what's his name? I have uh, no idea. I I thought it was. I I honestly I didn't pay I, attention I to this up. guy's name. But when I heard him speak for the first time, I honestly thought it was Tom Hiddleston for like a split second when he spoke. Yeah, but you know, it's not Tom Hiddleston. But you do know who it is. No. Uh, it is um, because I looked this up because his voice does sound very familiar. Um, his uh, that's it's Noshir Dalal, and I'm probably bush butchering that name. <laughs> But he's a like pretty big voice actor. Uh, and I recognize his name because he's one of the main characters in Red Dead Redemption 2. He plays Charles in Red Dead Redemption 2, oh, the video game. Okay. If you're familiar with that, it's one of my favorite video games. I'm actually playing it right now. Um, he plays Charles in that, um, one of the Native American like sidekicks uh, in the outlaw group there. 
um, with the, but except for in this show, he's playing a British accent, but he's also in Fallout, I believe, and Call of Duty. Oh. So he's like a pretty accomplished voice actor. Um, Fallout's also one of my favorite games ever. He plays uh, uh, Reese or something like that. I don't know. But if you guys are video game fans, this guy, that's who that that's who we're talking about. He plays like Tarkin's right. little sidekick in this. And uh, they they start bringing on like these conscripted soldiers. Um, and I thought that was pretty cool, too, to kind of see. All right how are they going to approach this and, mm-hmm. and make it seem like having conscripted soldiers is more efficient than having clones. And they really addressed that, but overall very quick episode. It happened very fast. Yeah. It was 28 minutes. I think. Yeah. 28, 28 minutes. I think they're doing something similar, like how they did with Mandalorian where they're only using the amount of time that they need for the episode. Yeah. And you should do that by the yeah, way. Yeah. And think, I don't. Yeah. I think it's, 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 it's a good call to do that. They were very efficient with their time here. Like yeah. they didn't, every scene did not miss uh, like a plot point you know there was no mm-hmm. wasted screen time here um and i think that's great it, it, it you know these these side stories can get a little like uh formulaic yes and that's how this kind of felt but at the same time it's not because you get you have to have episodes like that where i agree you know the, the a plot and b plot are, are different i thought the b plot in this one is a little bit better you have tarkin and like the you know the clone trooper story of like at camino and then you have hunter and a wrecker and an echo and all these guys on um, you know they crash land on an asteroid or something uh, it's and like doing on their own little a plot mm-hmm. so let's yeah. even that that a plot the the a plot of hunter and omega tech echo and wrecker i think they're doing a really really great job setting up that dynamic between all of them and especially in the second episode where they meet cut laquane and he kind of shows them like not directly like how to take care of a kid and we talked yeah. about this last episode because it's like, these guys are hardened soldiers. They have no idea how to deal with a child. And so yeah. I really like how they were able to further that development of o- Omega. I thought we got some really interesting character development on Omega. In yeah, particular. we got some super New Zealandy phrases from us. <laughs> New Zealandy phrases from her. Echo. Take. Where are you, Echo? Hunter. Rekka. 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 Echo, uh, come in here. <laughs> Do you have any ham sandwiches for me? So the episode starts off, they're on the ship. Um, we get Hunter and Wrecker and Omega and the whole, like, the, they're eating the last of their rations. They mention something about the ship being damaged in the fight with the regs. Uh, all of a sudden, conveniently, they begin to crash land after that. <laughs> yeah. Very, so they, very formulaic type of story. Yeah, very, very there. formulaic. What was really interesting to me in the beginning is very, by the way, very similar notes here to uh, what is it? Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Where, you know, they get on this asteroid. There's Mylox or whatever. It's very similar. It's very Star Warsy in terms of like mm-hmm. the, the rhyming of the two things. The rhyming of the two things. Yeah, it's like poetry. So if they rhyme, mm-hmm. like that was definitely on purpose. Yeah, it's like yeah, poetry. So if they rhyme. I really, um, I, I thought that really made the Star Warsiness of it pop out. I really liked that. I liked the yeah. feeling that they were able to create. But the, what was really interesting to me in the beginning is Tech is talking about how he's creating this little gadget to scan their head for the chips. And I was right. like, I thought you said that wasn't active. And Tech's like, well, we should still check. And yeah. so that that's really interesting to me because could we see one of their chips become active in the future right and then or later on the episode records like oh my head hurts yeah. must be from the crash and you're like yeah. no that's definitely coming in later it's on the um what side of his head it's on the side where the chip is too yeah 
the the thing that was interesting though too that also happened right before that and we are not going through the episode chronologically at all but that's fine uh <laughs> gotta keep it when, authentic guys when they uh when they when, when uh omega's like uh could it be in here like they're looking for the parts for the ship <laughs> and they're like oh that's Corsair's things and you're like, oh, at first I thought she was going to like pick it up. They're like, that's exactly where it is. And it'd be like, yeah. ooh, force sensitive. <laughs> but that's not what ended up happening. Uh, but I thought that may have been an interesting element. But I don't know. I, th- I still think they might do something like that with her, especially because I, I think we talked about this last episode, but like with the Kaminoan uh, cloning facility, working with the Empire later, trying to get, you know, these Snoke clones and Palpatine clones and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. They're obviously going to be experimenting on force sensitive people. So I think she's going to come into play with that later on. Um, I thought that was going to be a hint at that in this episode. It wasn't, but um, I still think that's a possibility. I'm going to agree with you because in, in a very interesting way, they keep laying out Omega's character to be very, she has like an extra sense and even tech says this in like the first episode he's like oh she has a heightened sense of awareness and that's not unusual for a clone like her but like just the little things that she notices you know even when they're on the planets and she's walking with hunter and she's like you don't have to be mad at crosshair and he's like i'm mad at myself because we lost him like the little details that they're throwing and with that or even that uh scene with her in the what do you want to call it the cave with the minoc are those even minocs no they're called something else. no they're not but they're, like they're essentially that. I mean, yeah, they're, they're like this planet's version of that. This right, but she was even like creature. De- the way that she was dealing with that thing was also kind of hinting towards her. I don't. I don't want to say force sensitivity, but that's how it comes off to me. It does, and I think that's on purpose. That's what I I'm saying. Think. I think this is on purpose. I think they're hinting at something coming on later on. I think they're trying to tease you almost with like, yeah. "Ooh, is this what's going to happen? Ooh, we're just kidding. Ooh, are we kidding? Oh, I don't know." I think it's like a little bit of a fake out from Ratatouille. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Uh, and I think that's cool. And I think that, like we talked about last episode too, like there's so many possibilities of where this could end up going. This was a little bit more plot progressing than the last episode, um, just in terms of building the world. So let's talk about that a little bit because I thought that was really interesting. Um, project the, uh, Project War Mantle that Tarkin yes. mentions in the beginning. What do you right. do? You think that that was pertaining to those new recruits that they were training? Or yeah. Do you think so, that's a hint at a bigger plot? I don't know. So here's my theory on it because I don't know if this is right. I might be totally off, and maybe I'm missing some deep Star Wars lore <laughs> or fandom. And I'm an idiot. I don't read about that stuff. I don't know. I'm just going off my gut about what I think and what I've seen and what I think it has to pertain with is. Those guys look an awful lot like dark troopers. Uh, And I think that maybe where we get dark troopers from in, you know, uh, Rogue One, you know, Mm -hmm. we see them there. Uh, You see them in Mandalorian, obviously. They're a big part of, you know, the the Star Wars, you know, bad guy, stormtrooper Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I I think it's a possibility that's where they kind of come from. You know, they're trained by elite clones. That's where, like, they, they, they certainly look like them in this episode. Yeah. And I think that'd be kind of cool. You have kind of a backstory to where those elite, uh, ruthless soldiers, dark troopers, yeah. soldiers come from. You know, they get trained right. by these clones who are just like no nonsense. And we kind of see that later on in the episode. So I think that it might have something to do with that. I don't know. But the thing that I noticed was 
those conscripted soldiers that they had, the top recruits, whatever, looked mm-hmm. an awful lot like dark troopers. And they were doing things that I would think dark troopers would be doing, raiding rebel camps, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I also really liked how they uh, introduced the concept of, you know, clones being the one to train all of the new right. people that they, cause they clearly, they don't want to waste money on clones, even though <laughs> we have the Death Star that we're going to yeah. spend all the cash on. I thought that was- Well, that's really- what they're saving money for. That's smart economics. I mean, like, even if you think about the end of Revenge of the Sith, where there's that brief scene with Anakin as the newly anointed Vader, and he's on the deck of um, yeah. a star the cruiser, star cruiser with, yeah. with Palpatine and Tarkin's there, you're like, wow, they must have put this together fast. But going back to, you know, having Crosshair being put in charge of this group of elite soldiers and having them basically go and massacre a camp of innocent people, you're like, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. And then you see the clones are like, whoa, we didn't uh, yeah. we didn't sign up for this. Or the soldiers are like, we didn't sign up for this. Where at the beginning, they're like, oh, like I get a roof over my head. Like, this is great. The Republican ever treated me like this. It starts giving a motivation for why people actually start joining stormtroopers, which is a big open-ended question. Right. And that's something that I, like you and I talked about last week as well. I'm going to keep going back to last episode because these questions are going to keep getting answered. Yeah. And this is one thing I was looking forward to seeing was how does Stormtroop like what happened in between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope? There's a big gap of time that we haven't seen. Yeah. And like this gives a chance to answer some of those questions. One of them being like, who the hell would be a stormtrooper? You guys are a bunch of dicks. You know, <laughs> you have to you have to go and do this ruthless stuff. And now it's kind of giving a motivation for that as to why people joined in the first place. Right. You know, uh, and I think it's very smart. It's great storytelling. It's not being too obvious with it, but it's planting those seeds to give us some more, more answers later on. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I really like how much little detail they're throwing in. It's not like they're throwing like chunks of storytelling at you. They're going, oh, hey, look, chain codes are being instituted. Oh, hey, look, people are joining the empire because it gives them a sense of security. Yeah. Like, oh, hey, yeah. look, like they're going to go off and massacre groups of people, but they don't know that that's what the empire is doing. And it also really, <sighs> can I just say crosshair made me so frustrated and just horrified in this episode you know that meme of the screaming guy what is it from like the ah like do you know what meme i'm talking about i'll post it here in the video somewhere. no i don't know okay that meme which i will post somewhere in here is like the guy like screaming crying like no like that's how i felt this entire episode i'll i'll send it to you after we're done but okay uh no yeah, i mean it's, you're like dude why are you so mean now well the you know how in order 66 they make the clones seem like they just lose every ounce of their personality and they turn into these robotic soldiers crosshair still seems like he's crosshair but like extra murdery yeah you know you know what i'm saying yeah no you're right and and but there is that element there is that scene and as we're moving on through the episode there's that scene they get back from the mission they murder all these civilians super dark but then they go back to their old uh quarters in the barracks or whatever with uh for bad batch and he comes in and he sees all the old stuff and you get that hint you're like oh there's something in there there's that Mm -hmm. little bit of something and it's not a lot but it's enough to cause something in later episodes so i yeah he's a jerk okay but (laughs) <laughs> they put that scene in for a reason of him going back and seeing this stuff and kind of like, there's not a lot of it, but there's something there where he's like, eh, maybe what I'm doing is a little messed up. Can we also talk about the fact that this is one guy playing all of these clones? I know. What's his name? D, D- Bradley, Bradley Baker. Baker. That this... guy's a rock star in terms of uh, voice acting. Oh my acting. God. Uh, have you, did you watch that interview that came out on, I think it was Entertainment Weekly 
like maybe a week ago before the show came out or maybe it was on May 4th. No. So he's, there's an interview with him and this guy is just insanely talented. But in the video, he describes how he, uh, Differ differentiate differentiates. I can't speak between <laughs> between each clone and how he gives each clone like a a a word to describe them. So for like crosshair, oh. he uses the word snake. So whenever he plays crosshair, he's like thinking of a snake in the way that he speaks. When he plays, ooh, I'm crosshair. <laughs> when he plays uh, hunter, he puts on like a there's like a smokiness. Hey, I'm, sm- voice. I'm hunter. <laughs> Uh, don't mess with me. Uh, Wrecker, he described as a big kid. And oh, I'm Wrecker. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I love this. And for uh, who am I missing? Oh, Tech. He's very Tech is Tech is just Donatello from Ninja Turtles. Like if you think about it, like I have tech... no impersonation for that. But yes, <laughs> no, he's he's very like up here and like British and quick speaking and whatever. Not to say that like Donatello's like that. But he gives. I love how their voices differ. So, I mean, he, he's a very talented voice actor. It's just funny how their voices differ so much. <laughs> and like, you're all the same person, just different variations of it. I don't think your voices should be that different. But I get why they do it. It's a cartoon. Yeah. Obviously. So. Yeah. Uh, no, but like, I can't believe we have any. Like, we've talked about this show, but we somehow haven't brought up D. Bradley Baker. Like, the guy is insanely talented with all like, the different like variations he puts on. I mean, like, if you think about Rex, the way Rex sounds, you know when it's Rex versus somebody like hunter so you know the difference between like those tiny little nuances that he throws in yeah ridiculous to me yeah it's crazy. i mean if you go to the imdb it's crazy because it just says <laughs> for his credit for the show it just says the bad batch that's who he plays it, it doesn't say it doesn't give him like a, a each different name it just says he plays the, the bad, bad batch, batch. which you know is quite funny i mean and, and that, that just shows the type of talent he has and if you go also if you scroll down his imdb page to uh the other shows he's in and stuff he's in everything no this guy like i remember you wouldn't know this show but when when i was growing up when we um it's a show called spongebob squarepants you would have (laughs) never heard of it it's kind of (laughs) niche no i was gonna talk uh kids next door it was an old show back in like 2003 2004 2005 and he played this character wally beatles and when I first learned, and this this kid's like a 10-year-old. So he's playing a 10-year-old in this show like that came out well over 15 years ago. And so when I learned that Dee Bradley Baker was the voice of Wally Beatles, like, and the clothes, I just had this like, oh my God, it's the same guy. Right. <laughs> because he puts on this uh, Australian accent for the kid. So it's really, really funny. But going back to the Bad Batch really quick, one of my favorite things about this show so far is all like the parody videos on YouTube. Like I tweeted about a month ago, I was like, I can't wait for all the parody videos that come out when Bad Batch is released, because so it can just go starring D. Bradley Baker, D. Bradley yeah. Baker, D. Bradley, D. Bradley Baker, D. Bradley Baker, D. Bradley Baker, D. Bradley Baker. I, I also just gonna make a whole episode with him one of these days. They have to <laughs> with it, which just him, just yeah. him playing off the character. He could he absolutely? I mean, that's basically what he's doing with the Bad Batch. I yeah. mean, if he's just going, oh, tech, like. I can't do an impression of him, but he's he'll not like, Batman. Oh, tech, what are you doing? Where's the capacitator for our ship? I can't do an impression. I'm not even going to try, but <laughs> there, there, I also tweeted like a month ago. I was like, I hope somebody does an A-team parody of the Bad Batch. And I found one last night. 
and it was so good dude like I was watching it and just like it has the same fonts in it and they did like a narration that was like the opening for the A-team but it, it was like they changed the narration to fit the storyline of the Bad Batch I have to send it to you it's so yeah, good send it to me it's such a good parody but anyway going back to the episode I the crosshair stuff was great I audibly gasped when he like went to that planet and they murdered everybody because I was like that was that was the best scene in the episode I, just because it's it's Disney we're talking about here right yeah and that's a ballsy scene to have but it's also important to have that because you right. need to you can't hold punches when you're if you're telling a story and you're not going to be true to what the story actually is it's a bad story yeah. yeah. And that's what they did with the sequels, in my opinion. They pulled their punches because they were trying to satisfy a large group of people because they didn't want to disappoint everyone. They ended up disappointing a lot of people. Now, some of you may have liked the sequels. All right. I don't want to get into that right now. All I'm saying is <laughs> when it comes to storytelling, you have to stay true to what the, what the story is actually meant to be. And in this case, it's meant to be, all right, bad guys win in Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. And they continue to win for years and years. Mm-hmm. So it has to be that. You have to have scenes like that where it's a little bit brutal, um, but it illustrates how it came from point A to point B. We have to keep filling in these gaps one by one as the show mm-hmm. goes on. And I think that's why that scene is important. Um, now, it really, it really just raises the stakes. Like this guy's not screwing around. Yeah. When he comes mm-hmm. upon the, it just, I'm so interested again, like with the questions to see where they're going. I'm interested to see, because obviously the Bad Batch, they still have a soft spot for Crosshair. It's not like they're going to try to kill him because they still care about him. And they've made that very, very clear. But it also shows you that Crosshair's not screwing around. Yeah, I agree. He's going to do what needs to be done. And it just kind of depends if they kill him. Do what must be done. Uh, Yeah, I mean, he's he's going to. And I think that's why he's he's an important character. I think, like I said before, I think he's going to be the one who really leads the charge of like why a lot of these troopers become evil. Mm Because you're just trained from a you know, a certain level and just keep going up from there. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of what they're trying to do. I could be totally wrong, mm-hmm. but I think, I mean, that's what I gathered from it at least. Um, and it'll be interesting to see where it all plays out from here. I think, like I said, that little inkling of like, maybe there's a little bit of like redemption in him later on. I don't I mean, know. The Star Wars has always had an overarching theme of redemption too. Yeah. And I'm sure it's... something like that will happen, but I still think at the end, he's probably going to die. You, you mean like it'll be like a redemptive act and then it's like, I'm going to sacrifice myself. Maybe, yeah, maybe something like that. Um, yeah, or maybe it's like a, as he got shot. I don't right, know. yeah. I mean, it just kind of depends on, it like depends. you said, how the show goes and the yeah. response. And But he's definitely a good antagonist for the, for the story. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how it progresses. I'm really interested to see the Camino little okay. arc going Let's on Let's talk about that really quick. The Kaminoans are... Okay, first of all, the way they talk is so funny. I can never watch a scene without like laughing when they're in it because they're just, they talk so with so much disinterest where you're just (laughs) Admiral talking. Yeah. I love the way they speak. It's so like, it seems so bored. Like they just don't seem like they have a lot of energy. So it makes me laugh. But interestingly enough, the dialogue that, um, is it Lamasu? Oh God. Is it Lamasu and Nalase? Those are their names, right? I want to say that's right. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Let's say that that's their names. They have that really interesting conversation at the end of the episode where they're talking about the DNA for Jango Fett running out. 
and how they're going to need to ensure their contract with the empire if they're right. to survive. What did you think Super, about that? Yeah, well, that's what I was saying. This goes back to before what I was talking about. They're obviously going to need to preserve their relationship here. They're going to need to do it in a bigger way. This is going to tie in with Palpatine and Snoke. That's, I, that has to be the case. And I don't know how – that's another dot that needs to be connected because we've all been thinking this. We did see in Mandalorian, if you remember, if you want to put up a screenshot here or something after yeah. the episode of that uh, – the you can see images of like a Snoke clone or whatever in one of those episodes of Mandalorian. I think it's – I think it was second like the – Second to last one. Yeah, second to last one. It was super creepy scene and Mando's like, yeah. I have to go get that kid. Because you're like, oh, they're trying to clone Baby Yoda, blah, 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 yeah. whatever. Don't get lost in the weeds here. But <laughs> I think that's going to be part of it. It's like, all right. Their Kaminoans are cloners. They obviously got clones for Palpatine and whatever the hell Snoke was. So that's going to play into it. And it's interesting to see where and they, they're bringing up Jango Fett, which is cool. I love how they tie all these things together. Um, that's an interesting plot point that I'm interested to see where it goes and what they're going to end up doing with it. Cause they're going to be creative with it. Who knows like how long it's going to take to develop. And uh, it could tie into some of these other shows that are coming out, but um, I really liked that. I, I really liked it too. And it, it, it just like, it, it brings up Omega again, because even cut Quain in the prior yeah. episode was like the Kaminoans don't create without a purpose. So what's hers. And I, yeah. I just, I, I keep going back to the whole, like, is she a force sensitive? Are they trying to experiment like by genetically creating children that are force sensitive for like a force sensitive army for Palpatine? Because then it brings up the later question, uh, you know, how like the inquisitors are a thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. and most of the, I do, I think the Inquisitors are clones. No, not necessarily because they, they mention in several storylines in star Wars that a lot of Inquisitors were prior Jedi turned dark side. So do I think it's that? Right. No, but do I do think Sheev is doing something sleazy? Is there a part that plays in that? Maybe. And that's a whole nother thing. Like we don't know. There's not a ton of information on these Inquisitors in the most forefront star wars mm -hmm. material that's come out maybe there isn't some comics and some other books i haven't read before i don't know correct me if i'm wrong but yeah. it, from what your average star wars fan knows no there's not so it could definitely but yeah other than that i'm trying to think about anything else that really stuck out to me in the episode i mean i have like a I said, couple pretty short here. go ahead yeah Sorry. go through them I'm just looking. No, I, I have this. I have this really funny thing with Lily, my best friend. Uh, when the last season of Clone Wars was airing, we would text each other these very jumbled notes of what we thought of the episodes. So we would like create like word documents or notes on our phone, and then we would text them to each other, which made no <laughs> sense. And so yeah. that's what I've been doing with the episodes. I'd be like, "Oh, I liked the music that Kevin Kiner composed here," or "I liked." the interaction of Hunter and Omega here. I'm just scanning those notes to see if I have anything else. I, yeah. I am really, I'm, I'm interested to see each of the bad batch have their moment to shine because we've been up until this point, we've been really hyper-focused on Hunter and Crosshair. Yeah. Like really hyper-focused in on them. And then you have those moments with tech and echo. And then you have like, Oh, it's Wrecker being goofy. I'm really interested to see them get into their individual character arcs and how they'll be challenged. I'm really interested to see what they do with Echo because Echo's a, an, an OG clone. Like we've, he's kind of, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of been in the background the last couple of episodes. Like he's been there, but I don't feel like he's really played a super crucial yeah. role. So I think you're right. It'll be interesting to see how they highlight each one of them in the next, in the next I'm interested to see here. how he responds to Rex, you know, because the last time he saw Rex, Rex was like, if you want to join them, you should go. And then Echo leaves. And we have that super heartbreaking scene that I definitely cried over. Yeah. 
Um, let me see what else I wrote down here. Hey, stop. It was very emotional. I was very emotional it over was. that. Um, what else did I? Oh, I do have to give a shout out. I don't know if it's I want to say it's Kevin Kiner doing the soundtrack, the guy who did all the music for Clone Wars. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. Uh that no, was great. Whoever okay, let's just say it like this. Whoever did the music for these things, incredible. Amazing. There was a soft piano bit when Hunter finds Omega and he like pulls her out of the cave thing. There's like a split second of piano it's only like a few seconds it doesn't last super long but it was so good and i was just like oh my god like the emotions i'm getting from the soundtrack are so phenomenal so props i'm gonna i will definitely find the names and i'll put them here for sure but the music's just been outstanding i totally agree i think that's such a crucial part to these shows and to star wars in general the music is what makes it it and that's true with any movie Mm -hmm. lord of the rings you know, Star Wars, uh, Harry Potter, Indiana Jones, um, Indiana Jones, any like any big blockbuster movie, any big series or any mo- award winning movie. Think about their soundtrack. That's what makes them them. And so I think you're totally right. That's an incredibly important part of this. So and they don't get enough credit. So shout out to whoever the music person is. I know that we did get a couple questions. I dropped the question so last minute on Instagram. I was like, Kevin hey. Kiner, you're right. It's Kevin Kiner. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, awesome. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, but, it's it's yeah. it's totally fine. It's not a big deal. Awesome work, Kevin Kiner. You're yeah. amazing. Uh, we do have some questions. I'm kind of surprised we even got questions because I dropped that so last minute. But we also really did plan this last minute. So let me open up the Instagram. Let me see who this is. Okay. So we do have a couple questions on the story, and then we have a couple questions in the DMs. Ooh, Kevin's back. Kevin has a question. Um, Hit us okay. with the chips, Kevin. Let's go, Kevin. Okay, so he says, for this week, it didn't really leave anything desired from me, but I feel like they are slowly building Omega's ability. At this point, I don't know what it could be besides the power of empathy. Thoughts on her after watching this episode? <laughs> <laughs> well, we kind of talked about that, but I think uh, you're right. I mean, it's supposed to be a mystery right now. And you and I, we already discussed this. It's like, we don't know what her purpose is. I don't, and I think that's on purpose. We're not supposed to know. It's mm-hmm. it's like Baby Yoda. It's the exact same thing as Baby Yoda. We don't know. And I think uh, <laughs> it could be for be. sensitive things. But it may be, I mean, we don't know who her DNA comes from or anything like that either. Like maybe it could be a politician's DNA or something. We don't know. I don't know like how this comes in to mm-hmm. play with the Star Wars universe, but that's kind of what makes it interesting. Yeah. Um, there's endless possibilities, but um, I think we'll figure that out probably towards the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty. I mean, I, I have no thoughts other than that, but I'm, I'm really liking her character. I'm so glad yeah, she's cool. I'm so glad she's not a Saturday morning trope. She is yeah. super, super cute. And I'm really loving her with each episode that they show her in. Okay. So Matt is back with another question. Hi, Matt. <laughs> Uh, Matt has a theory. He says that Tarkin is in this show and they made a Vader model for Clone Wars. So we'll see Vader again. That's his theory. Uh, we also saw yeah. Dryden Voss in a hologram. Dryden Voss is from Solo. He's played by Paul Bettany. He's got the scars on his face. Right. He had a brief cameo in Clone Wars when Maul was talking to the crime syndicate. He said, right. Yeah. Uh, we also saw Dryden Voss in a hologram and the Bad Batch are going to get involved in the underworld. So maybe he'll turn up as well. 
Maul versus Vader, maybe somehow. Oh, that's interesting. Because, yeah, I guess they're both around right now. That's totally possible. I mean, Maul doesn't die for a while. No, Maul like, we doesn't. Have plenty of time. Yeah. So we could. I mean, that's a great idea. But the thing, the problem with that is it's not a Vader Maul show. Yeah. So I don't know that it's a super likely possibility. I mean, you got to focus on the characters in the show, and I don't know how that would fit in. They would have to start tying that in immediately if they want to make that happen mm-hmm. in this season, because I don't see that. I mean, it's possible. Maybe it, if they plan on making more seasons, but I just, as a storytelling you know, thing, it, it'd be very hard to fit in, uh, in my opinion. But they're all great points. I mean, mm-hmm. the Dryden Voss thing, that's cool. Uh, um, and they are going to get, you know, the Bad Batch getting involved in the Underworld's cool. I mean, I think we'll definitely see Vader at some point. I don't think it's going to be in a big capacity. I do. I too. think it'll be very yeah. brief. But that's how it should be. And that's totally fine. Uh, Maul, I think there's a possibility we see him too. Definitely a possibility. But the chance of seeing them both together and the chance of them like fighting or something, very low. Yeah, it's like the same thing with Ahsoka. If you put Ahsoka in the show, you have to be so careful on how you use the big names because then it doesn't become about your main characters. It becomes about them because everybody's like, oh, what was Ahsoka doing? What was Vader doing? What was Maul doing? And I honestly, if I was to pick any character to have like a big cameo it would absolutely be vader yeah i agree because that's that's the only one that really fits in maul i don't really care we saw plenty of him in clone wars mm-hmm. vader's one that's like all right let's see what happens with this yeah because and I can it can't be big in. it can't be it's like what like the big reveal at the end last episode of mandalorian that was the greatest like yeah. the greatest star wars moment maybe ever yeah you gotta do something like that give him and another hallway you give him another hallway scene yeah. and the fans will lose it. Honestly, just one scene with him talking and cool with. <laughs> I mean, James Earl Jones has done the animated stuff for a while now. So I would not be surprised if they were like, hey, buddy. Well, we don't have back? many years left for James Earl Jones. So hopefully he sticks around. I don't. Yeah, nobody could replace that voice. Uh, we do have one more, I think. Okay. So Hidden Scribble. Hidden Scribble asks... Uh, there's definitely something going on with the batches chips with Wrecker's headache and text gadget thoughts on that. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about that. Do you, do you think that's, that's going to be, play. do you think that that's like, they're going to be activated and something's going to happen with Omega? Yeah. It's going to become like they, they fight against each other type of thing. And they're going to have to figure it out kind of like what they did with echo and some of these and, and like Rex and stuff at the end of clone wars. You know what I wonder? They're going to have to figure it out. I wonder if Rex is going to play a part in helping them get their chips removed, knowing his story yeah. and where he ends up. It's possible. But the fact that they haven't tried getting them out yet is a little weird to me. Getting out what? Or they, do they think they don't like the chips? Do they think they don't have chips in them? They think that they're just not functioning because they're enhanced. Like our tech mentioned hmm. something about that in the first episode. He's like, oh. Yeah, I know. They, they, see, that was the thing is like, I knew they mentioned that, but I'm like, that's not a very good explanation. I think it remains to be seen. But yeah, I mean, you're right. Hidden scribbles. Uh, <laughs> it's it's correct. <laughs> you're right. I mean, we and we talked about that in the show. He, he's holding his head. You know, yeah. early, it's definitely going to come into play later. How that comes into play, I'm not quite sure. It'll I, The way I would guess is like uh, civil war amongst them kind of thing. Maybe some right. of them get affected by it. Some of them don't. Or like what you said, maybe Rex comes in and helps him get him out. Um, yeah, it'll be exciting to watch. It's it's it'll be interesting because we know that that's what Rex is doing during this timeline. He goes yeah. around and he's helping clones. There's the other 
that's uh before i get off on a tangent here that is all the questions again thank you guys really appreciate the questions they're so much fun to answer and theorize we're gonna have to see what ends up becoming true in these next few weeks but you know like the whole plot thread with like the clones and now that it's transitioning to the empire and how they're training basically the new recruits and you know rex running off to go find other clones i just i i love all of this world building it's very subtle it's not like oh here's a bunch of information it's just very subtle and i really appreciate the the depths that they're taking overall great episode um i'm looking forward to next week um, really excited. If you guys don't already go ahead and follow us on Instagram, it's at uh, star underscore wars underscore pod. Um, and then if you have any questions for us, shoot us an email at another star wars pod at gmail.com. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll be here week after week breaking down all these episodes. So come join uh, Come join us and um, participate in this as we go through this fun star wars journey together. Um, but that's Yay. it. This has been episode two of Bad Batch Breakdown. Um, I'm Matt. That's Melissa. Um, and we'll see you guys next week. Yep. May the force be with you. Happy birthday, George Lucas. Happy birthday, George. <laughs> <laughs>